0: Thank you for listening to the Healthcare Podcast with Dr. Kay and Lindsay, where we aim to uncover the myths of modern healthcare to help families discover cost transparency, improved access, and innovation. Dr. John Kaiser is a practicing OBGYN and the president of Salser Health. And Lindsay Heiner is a healthcare advocate and a mother of four kids. Now, let's talk healthcare. Dr. Kaiser, we're here. We're talking about vaping.
1: That's great! Uh, what a great topic to talk about now. Getting so much attention, and I think it's really important. So I, I'm looking forward to this conversation
0: today. Yeah, the National Institute on Drug Abuse uh, just released a report based on an annual survey of drug, alcohol, and cigarette use related um, related to eighth, tenth, and twelfth graders in the United States. And from that, they they talked to 396 public and private schools and 42,000 students. And from that, 37 percent of 12th graders have vaped in the last 12 months and that's up dramatically from 2017 where it was 28 percent so it's a very it's a strong increase in vaping that we're seeing amongst yeah. the teenage population
1: i mean it's amazing how what feels very fast uh how this has come on to the scene uh and exploded so so i think it's really uh important to kind of understand some of the dynamics behind it and and some of the information that we can share that hopefully will bring questions out for our our patients and listeners,
0: absolutely. And we have with us today a doctor who specializes in lungs. He's a pediatric pulmonologist, Dr. Ben Tippetts. Thanks for coming in.
2: Thanks for having me. This is great. This <laughs> yeah, is going to be a great conversation.
0: Yeah, should be good. <laughs> so to start off, uh, Dr. Tippett, uh, what is vaping?
2: Well, vaping's uh, uh, interestingly, you say, you ask about vaping and how how quickly it's come on. It's it's one of those recent phenomenons that we've seen. You know, as a, as a as a medical provider, and I don't consider myself all that old, I didn't grow up with vaping. And most of us didn't. Most people over 25 got through high school without probably seeing vaping. It's something that really started in 2003 when it was developed uh, developed in China by a, a Chinese pharmacist. And interestingly, uh, this pharmacist saw his father die of lung cancer from smoking for so many years. And so he wanted to come up with some device that you could smoke but not really smoke. And so in 2003, he developed this vaping device. Um, and really in the last 10 years or so, it's really exploded across the country. So vaping is, it's a way for uh, someone to kind of like smoke um, and, but not really have to be exposed to cigarette smoke.
0: So like, what is a vaping device? What is that?
2: Well, a a vaping device is pretty simple actually. Uh, It's, it has a lithium ion battery usually. um, And then uh, something called an atomizer or something that heats up some liquid. Uh, a liquid that contains a a variety of substances. Um, uh, Usually it has uh, either propylene glycol or or vegetable glycerin in it. Uh, It has some kind of a food additive to make it taste or smell like something that you really like. And most of them have nicotine in them also. So it's a small battery powered device that will vaporize or atomize a, a liquid that you can then inhale into your lungs.
0: So you're not just like vaping water then?
2: Well, that's one of the big misnomers of vaping. Is people will say, "Well, I'm just vapor, vaping water. What's the big deal?" But actually, it's not water, um, and that's one of the big fallacies of, of vaping. Is it's not water at all. It's a it's a combination of other chemicals um, that are are producing this this vapor or this this cloud of, of
1: chemicals. And there's been like four different generations of the vaping devices. Is that
2: well? True? Uh, Yes. There, there's, it's evolved over time, for yeah. sure. Uh, it, it actually started as, as just a disposable cigarette. It looked like an actual cigarette. You right. would use it once and then you would throw it away. Uh, but since that time, there's been multiple modifications of this device. Um, they're all basically the same thing, um, but, but there are electronic cigarettes, there's electronic pipes, cigars, uh, there are small ones that uh, have cartridges in them. There's big ones that you can re- have a refillable tank that you can put a lot of liquid in it. Uh, so it's really evolved over time. Um, uh, in 2014, there was something like 250 different vape devices. And over the last uh, six years, it's gone to probably 1,000 or more. Yeah, and that's there's, amazing. There's uh, unlimited choices when yeah, it comes to vape yeah, devices.
0: Exactly. And we've heard they're kind of like sneaky. Kind of, you can hide There's the ways devices. To hide devices, right? Now? Well, so are. help us understand how we can like identify a vape device.
2: Well, funny you ask that because I'm currently wearing five different vape devices. Can you pick them out? Yeah. What are the? Uh, so uh, ways the, to inhale. This is you? a this is a hoodie. This yeah. is a vape hoodie. Yeah. Uh, and the strings in the vape hoodie are a vape device. So. Uh, you attach your canister or whatever vape device on this side, and then you can suck uh, on this uh, side and just vape.
0: So the canister's hidden down that, in there. The
2: canister is hidden in there, and there's a couple of small yeah. pockets that you can hide it into.
1: What's okay. it cost?
2: Uh, this hoodie costs about fifty dollars. That's not Yeah, they're not terribly expensive. Yeah. No.
1: You'll
2: see. <laughs> okay. So I've got I don't, several others. I don't see uh, else.
0: Wait, you might have like a pen I somewhere. Don't watch.
2: interestingly you say that because this is my vape watch uh it it, it's actually a working watch and it tells the time it doesn't give you your email though it's not a smart watch it's not useful Uh, but you can (laughs) yeah but then you can pop out the the face of this and it has a refillable cartridge that you can then vape and then put it right back in so other things one one that's near and dear to my heart uh is this canister that looks like an inhaler right um this is called the Puffit 2, and this is a very interesting one. Uh, the Puffit 1 was actually a, had a black sleeve, but most people understood that there's not a black sleeve yeah, or an inhaler. So this, right. this looks like the device, the brand name Ventolin, which yeah. is albuterol. Um, uh, and the inner cartridge of this is really interesting because you can not only vape liquid, but you can also what they call DAB, which is a, a THC wax ball um, that you can then put in this and, and vape with it. So uh, I've heard teenagers that uh, drop this on the floor and their teacher will walk by and pick it up and say, you dropped your inhaler. right?" And the the (laughs) adrenaline high that they get from that is over the top is what they say.
1: Okay, we've got three. So
2: that's three. Uh, Some of these other ones are a little bit hidden, I'll be honest. So uh, this is what's called a jewel. Uh, This is the most popular one. This is, it looks like a USB device. and it actually is recharged by a USB port that you plug right into your computer. And its ma- I didn't know this was magnetized, but it's magnetized, you can stick it right in there. Uh, this one is, is different because it has a little cartridge, so it's not a refillable container that you just pop into the top of it and then you can vape from there.
0: Okay, so um, this little USB that you have here, how much nicotine would be in that, like compared to a cigarette?
2: So um, they're all a little bit different. Uh, to go back and talk about this specific one, um, this is called a Juul, J-U-U-L, um, and it uh, really has uh, ha- a corner on the market. Mm-hmm. They say that they estimate that about 80% of people that vape will have vaped with a Jewel in the last month. Um, it's about a $6 billion a year market uh, for these Jewel devices. It comes with this refillable cartridge, or actually it's not refillable. Well, actually, if you go on YouTube, you can figure out how to refill it because <laughs> you can find anything out on YouTube. Right. But it comes with this cartridge and there's four basic flavors to it. There's mint, tobacco, creme brulee, and mango. That's the starter pack. And then there's a few other fav- uh, uh, flavors that go along with it. In each one of these cartridges, uh, it comes in two different con- uh, concentrations, a 3% or a 5%. 5%, they're all 0.7 milliliters. At 5%, it's 41 milligrams of nicotine in here. Now, as we compare that to a regular 21. cigarette, you absorb about one to 1.2 milligrams of nicotine for every cigarette that you smoke. So there's about 20 cigarettes, well, there are 20 cigarettes in each pack, so you, you can get about 20 to 22 milligrams of nicotine with each pack of cigarette. In one pod at, th- at 5%, there's 41 milligrams of nicotine that's at the five percent that's at five percent so this pod so would that be a,
0: is like two
2: yes this would be pass. the equivalent of Cigarette. two packs right. of cigarettes right. right there now um the three percent the three percent is 23 milligrams of nicotine so you get one to two packs of yeah. cigarettes uh, of nicotine per per pod um now interestingly uh the the flavors or the liquids that come in in vape devices really vary um, uh, as you look at the different canisters or containers of vape juice that they have this is one of the one of the one of the pieces of information that I can't um, emphasize enough for people that don't know about vaping to really understand on each canister or container they will say a number 30 50 15 and they're really talking about milligrams of nicotine per milliliter mm-hmm. it's not milligrams per container it's milligrams per mm-hmm. milliliter so you can get um, uh, containers that have liquid that's 30 or 60 milliliters, and then it'll be at 50 milligrams per milliliter. I did the calculations, um, and a 60 milliliter bottle at 50 milligrams per milliliter has 3,000 milligrams wow. of nicotine, which is the equivalent of 85 pods of one of these, uh, which is the equivalent of about 100 and something packs of cigarettes. Right, right. So
0: are those those tank ones?
2: Yes so so for example, my other one that you don't know about because I'm hiding it in my pocket uh, is a pen
0: yeah.
2: uh, and this pen is a is a vape device this is called the cloud V and the, it's actually a working pen and uh, someone gave one of these to the ICU doctor one of the ICU doctors the other day and he was like, "Wow, this is a really nice pen it, it writes really well but he didn't know was a vape there's a vape device so this is a tank device and what you can do is fill this tank full of liquid and it usually holds about a milliliter or so uh, but you'll see other larger tank devices that will hold up to eight and a half milliliters of fluid at a time now uh, you've got to you've got to get a lot of puffs to get eight and a half milliliters of fluid out of these but there's there's certain things that people do to get more of the fluid out faster
1: so, on the jewel, uh, like what would a typical person who, I mean, it's just like cigarettes. So, depends on how much you smoke. Right. But how much would they typically use, like so, at uh, a time?
2: Right. So, each jewel is, is designed to have about 200 puffs in it. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, now, the interesting thing about vape devices is in the medical world, we've come up with called what are called breath actuated nebulizers. Mm-hmm. So, when your child goes to the emergency room in an asthma attack and they give you a nebulizer treatment, they turn it on and it's vaporizing the nebulizer all the time that you breathe, or the, the, the liquid that you breathe in. Um, they've come up with a new one that you just get the medication when you breathe in. And that's what the technology of a, a vape device is, is that you get all the liquid because mm-hmm. it's only vaporizing it when you're breathing in. Uh, but each one would be about 200 puffs right. of uh, to, to complete a full, a tank uh or a a, an insert for a jewel so i don't know how many i haven't done the calculations for how many (laughs) milligrams of nicotine per puff that you get or how what that would what that would equate to for um a pack of a pack of cigarettes i don't know how many puffs you get out of a pack of cigarettes but
0: my perspective is and i'm not a smoker but that probably when you're smoking, there's some natural mechanism that slows you down, whether it's coughing or just the, the actual smoke but right, d- right Is there anything like that with vaping or is it just can you just as much as you can breathe it in you can as,
2: as much and as fast as you can breathe it in that's that's how fast you get the the vape or the or the the chemical
0: so potentially a lot more nicotine is getting delivered a lot faster. yes,
2: well, that's the and that's the other thing is we know the lung, Really absorbs chemicals very very quickly, and so as you are are vaping, you're getting a direct shot of nicotine that's absorbed right into your body through the lung, yeah. Vers- versus ingesting it or or something else. Right.
0: right. And I have two doctors here with me. So what are the effects of um, of nicotine on your body?
1: So I mean, so you you will probably have more answers than I will, but you know, it has a elevation of the heart rate. Um, it it also uh gives you, a, your brain, a sense of uh, sometimes euphoria. Some people describe that as one of the side effects that they get from it. Um, and it also affects all the vessels. And then the long-term consequences are, of course, much more significant um, in in uh, cancer risk and and other things. And right. I'm sure you can give a few more.
2: Yeah. So if anyone's really interested to, to, uh, on a good article that talks about the effects of nicotine on the body in the I looked this up in 2015, the Indian Journal of Medicine, Pediatric Oncology. There's an article called The Harmful Effects of Nicotine. Um, And this is an oncology uh, uh, medical magazine. So it's written in a little bit of medical English, but um, it really talks about all the health effects of nicotine. And we know that nicotine, uh, it doesn't directly cause cancer, but it it sure aids it for sure. But there are cardiovascular effects. It raises your heart rate. It raises your blood pressure. Uh, from a pulmonary standpoint, it's one of the precursors for emphysema. Um, you can uh, it can lead to macular degeneration in the eyes. It's an immunosuppressant, so it makes you more susceptible to infection. Um, but probably the the biggest thing that I'm worried about, even as a lung doctor, uh, is the addictive nature right. of nicotine. Uh, in 2010, the surgeon surgeon general of the United States compared a nicotine to heroin uh, in its addictive properties, and so as a physician, I'm really concerned about the amount of people that are vaping and the amount of nicotine that they're getting that we're raising really in addicted generation unknowingly.
1: Yeah. yeah. If you think about, you know, that's interesting how much you can take in with these devices. And we know that it's dose responsive. So if you can take in that much more nicotine, the addictive properties of it just go up exponentially. Right, uh, and, and And then look at all the generations that cigarette smoking and how long it took to get to a point of trying to be able to figure out how to quit and how difficult it still is for somebody who smokes to quit.
2: Oh, smoking. yes, absolutely. So, um, so one one personal experience, uh, we had a young man in the, in the hospital recently with a vape-related lung injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and over over the his hospitalization, we finally got out of him how much he was actually vaping. And he was vaping the equivalent of about eight packs of cigarettes a day. Oh, now, goodness. we're not gonna let him vape in the hospital, of right. course. And he was going through some serious withdrawals. Mm-hmm. Despite two nicotine patches and chew- chewing nicotine gum, he was still going through some serious withdrawals. And he didn't know how addicted he really was. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm afraid that there are, very, uh, there are a lot of very addicted people to nicotine who really don't know how addicted they really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Isn't there some devices that you can change? So the, the whole um, uh, theatric part of vaping, where, where you can make smoke look unique and stuff like that. So isn't there differences in the temperature that can cause you to have produce more smoke?
2: Well, so uh, actually it's not the temperature it's not necessarily. The temp- it's actually what they put in the vape juice. Oh, that makes a difference. So there's, there's two different base products they put in vape juice. The first one is propylene glycol. The yeah. second one is vegetable glycerin. Propylene glycol, actually both of them, um Are considered safe to ingest, uh, so your your stomach can break them down. And and actually, we've probably all eaten it today because mm-hmm. it's in ice cream and candy and soda and other things. Um, That's my diet. So I'm yeah. It's made me the man I am today. <laughs> <laughs> but with propylene glycol, um, uh, so people use the different different base products for different reasons. Propylene glycol, they say it's a smoother hit. It's a little bit. Thinner, uh, It doesn't have a lot of the gunk involved with it. It doesn't produce as big of a cloud. Um, uh, on the other hand, vegetable glycerin is a little bit thicker. It, it, it produces more gunk. I, apparently it gunks up your, hmm. your vape device, but it can produce a very big cloud. So there's actually a, um, some contests around the country yeah. uh, that they're called cloud chasers. And what they're trying to do is produce the largest cloud of, of vape smoke that they can. Right. And they'll use vegetable glycerin to do so. And they'll usually use a a modified vape device that they can really inhale a lot of or it'll it'll vaporize a lot of the juice uh, to produce that large cloud of smoke and there's there's contests that you can pay money and and if you make the biggest cloud of smoke, then you win and right. you make right. you some return on investment
1: i guess hmm. <laughs> yeah what's interesting is um I, I, we've kind of discussed this before about how this whole um, vaping uh, has become and acceptable and encouraged in lots of young children, um, which is the big concern that we all have for what it's doing for long-term health problems, right. um, and how it happens so quickly. I mean, it took a long time to get cigarette smoking to be uh, the, the taboo that it has become, and vaping just took that back and changed it completely very quickly.
2: Oh, it's it's been so fast that most of us don't really understand yeah. the culture of vaping. Yeah. Uh, if you ask your your middle school or high school students, they know. Yeah. If you ask the adults, they have no idea. Right. Um, yeah. I so as a pediatric doctor, I I get to deal with kids a lot, and so as I've done a lot of research about vaping, I've been trying to ask them, you know, about the culture of vaping and and how many people vape in their schools. Uh, so, guess how many on average they uh, a high school student. So I've been asking high school high school students guess how what percentage on average they estimate people vape in their high schools
0: was that high schools like in this area
2: the high schools in this area yeah i'll go 40 40? yeah that sounds right okay uh, so you you uh suggested a statistic that 37% of 12th graders okay so uh in this area um the highest is 99%. That was in an alternative high school. <laughs> and, and the girl said she was the only one out of the 100 students there that didn't vape. I'm not sure I... So yeah, her. yeah, I took that a little bit. So <laughs> I, <right. laughs> yeah, I took that with a grain of salt. The lowest was 75% wow. in high schools. Wow.
1: That's
2: amazing. Um, uh, there's a high school north of here that actually has started a stop vaping support group uh, for students that are, have been vaping uh, and feel like they're addicted. Um, but... Interestingly, they they estimated that there's more freshmen and sophomores that vape and less juniors and seniors that vape. Um, and I'm not sure why that is. Yeah. But uh it's a very, very popular thing to do. Uh they they vape because everyone else is vaping. They vape because their friends are vaping. They vape because someone said it's safe. It's it's not smoking, but you can still do it and it's cool. Yeah. I have a a young man that doesn't like to go to the bathroom in his middle school because people vape in the bathroom.
0: The Centers for Disease Control um, and Prevention, they started tracking um, extreme cases of lung injuries from vaping just this last March. And since then, there's been 52 confirmed deaths and over 2,400 hospitalizations with these extreme cases. So right. I think, do you think people don't understand that it's actually deadly?
1: Oh, uh,
2: most people have no idea. It has been, it has gotten more press recently, the number of vape or lung-related vape injury. Um, but most people really don't understand. Now, uh, I have seen a vape-related injury a couple of times here in the Valley, Um, and uh, most vape-related injuries are from other things that people are vaping. Now, as I showed you this this inhaler, uh, there's lots of things that you can put into this device that you can then vape, Uh, whether it be a THC wax ball, which is called a DAB, um, or you can put dry herbs. Uh, You can also put what's called CBD oil, or um yeah cbd oil which is uh i got to say this right cannabidiol oil that's one of the products of marijuana um and most of the lung related injury has been due to people vaping cbd oil and most of it is because uh, they are diluting the oil with vitamin e oil and vitamin e oil is known to be irritating to the lung. And mostly because the lung is just not set up to handle oil. So you get what's called a lipoid pneumonia, uh, which is where you get a collection of, of oil in the lung that it's just not able to handle um, and it's not able to process. And so it just sits there and then you get an infection because of it.
1: Does uh, it ever clear? Uh, it does, eventually yes, it, it eventually does. Yeah, it just um, forms this irritation that gives you the pneumonia. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah.
2: But we've had two vape-related injuries here in the pediatric population that I've personally taken care of, but there have been many, many across the country and many deaths. And for the most part, people do get better. I mean, it's a serious injury, um, but uh, they do get better. But there are other cases where individuals have been uh, now considered a pulmonary cripple, Uh, either uh, on a, a home ventilator or on CPAP or BiPAP to provide some some respiratory support for them. And there was actually a case of a young man um, in the Midwest that received a lung transplant uh, after having a vape-related injury. Wow. So it's serious business.
1: Yeah.
0: And what about some of the risks of the um, of getting vape juices from unreliable sources? Like just getting it from your friend that made a mixture, getting mm-hmm. it off of the back of a truck or different things like that. Like what are the medical risks for that?
2: Well, um, it happens a lot, because if you go to YouTube, it'll tell you exactly how to make a vape juice. Mm. Um, but the issue is, well, first of all, none of it's regulated. The FDA does not regulate vape juice at this point, um, or any of these devices. There, there is talk of, of starting to regulate these devices, but nothing has happened to this point. So really anybody can make it and sell it. Uh, most of the vape juice is made in China and shipped to the United States. Uh, but you can get it off the back of the truck almost anywhere. Mm. Um, and interestingly, that's where most of these CBD uh, uh, lung-related injuries have occurred from is from getting the juice from an unreliable source. Mm. Yeah. But there's lots of things that you can vape. Uh, I was reading the other day that uh, um, uh, there's something called a vapor teeny that people are doing now where you heat up alcohol and, and inhale the, the vaporized alcohol. Um, there's also something called IQOS, uh, which is actually made by one of the large tobacco, I think it's Bill Morris or their parent company. And IQOS stands for I quit original smoking. Um, and it's a device that you actually put a cigarette into and it heats, it heats up the tobacco and vaporize, vaporizes it in, in a way that you can then smoke tobacco, but not really get all the other things in tobacco that you don't want.
1: And, right. Uh, yeah, that's
2: the other carcinogens in yeah. the tar. And then, you still get plenty of nicotine. Yeah, there. exactly
1: right. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've he- I've heard of also there's the risk of like the actual devices like exploding.
2: Yes, there are. Uh, so it's a lithium ion yeah, bi- yeah. battery, right. uh, and there's always a risk of the battery exploding. And uh, I have two personal um, cases of this. We had a young man in our clinic that he had it in his had a vape device in his pocket, and the battery exploded, and it burned him. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently there was some some press in the valley that. Someone had a vape device in their purse uh, in the hospital parking lot, and it exploded in their purse and burned up their purse, but did not burn up their car.. Right. Good. <laughs> so but there are there have been many, many cases of of uh, device malfunction with the wow. lithium-ion battery and it exploding.
0: Um, the American Journal of Preventative Medicine um, wow. says that vaping for a long period of time has been associated with an increased risk of respiratory diseases, including chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or COPD. Chronic bronchitis and asthma.
2: Yes, uh, that's true. We know that uh, vaping, uh, particularly with asthma, in my specific population, um, we know that vaping can exacerbate asthma. Uh, in the adult population, we know that it's a precursor to emphysema, and so there's there's a lot more health risk than people really understand when it comes to vaping. And wouldn't you
1: say we probably don't know all the health risk at this point? In
2: oh, time? absolutely not. I mean, it it hasn't been around long enough right. for us to really know. I think we've got a really good handle on tobacco smoke uh, yeah. and the risk factors associated with that. But when it comes to vape smoke, I don't think we've really touched the tip of the iceberg yet.
1: The secondhand smoke or vape, I guess you'd call it. Uh, any thoughts on that and the risk associated with that?
2: Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's- Too early to know. It's too early to know for sure, but right. we know that that secondhand vape smoke is probably similar to firsthand vape smoke. Yeah. I mean, your body's not going to alter yeah. the chemical all that much yeah. uh, as you exhale it. so individuals that are you know hot boxing in the car with their friends i was was
1: thinking is the the cars you see that are like completely filled with smoke i'm like well right i hope the uh, the uh, other uh, people in the car understand right
2: right (laughs) right 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 yeah i i think it's too early to really know but you know from my perspective anything but clean mountain air is probably not good for you
1: yeah
0: (laughs) so i guess to ask you as a doctor in your opinion um is vaping kind of equivalent to smoking?
2: Well, that's a hard question to answer. Um, you know, if you look at the website for Juul, dot uh on the very opening part of the opening page, it will say developed by smokers for smokers and their goal is to eliminate tobacco. Um, and so it was it was originally developed to help people stop smoking and there has been some evidence that would suggest that that it can be helpful to stop smoking. Um, is it equivalent to smoking? I think probably the answer's gotta be no, uh, because we know that with tobacco, there's a lot of other chemicals that are involved in tobacco that aren't in vape juice or vape smoke. Um, is it good for you? Absolutely not. Uh, and as we've looked at the statistics of individuals who have been able to stop smoking, uh, it's it's not very good. Right. Uh, they They estimate that about 80% of people who stop smoking and start vaping will either continue to vape or go back to smoking. Right. I mean, so the the success rate is very, very low.
1: I mean, I think it was interesting what you introduced as why the device was created and then what has been the outcome. And the answer is really poor results on what it was intended initially to do. uh, Right, right. Providing a way to stop smoking. It just doesn't seem to happen that way.
2: Right, Mm -hmm. right. Um, There's a physician uh, that is one of the the nationwide experts of tobacco advertisement. Uh, he's from Stanford university who said that, that vaping is a potential off ramp for uh, adult smokers, but a very well traveled on ramp for teenage vapors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. And I think that that's really yeah. a strong um, point to point out is the difference with adults who understand more the ramifications of, of taking on an addictive substance, right? Where, where, If there's myths out there for kids that it may be healthier or that it's, you know, not harmful or it's better in this way or that way, they're not really to be as rational in making that decision on taking on something so addictive.
1: What do you encourage working uh, in the field you do? uh, What do you do to help parents uh, try to help their children understand what the ramifications and how to help them uh, either not start or quit?
2: So I think I think there's probably two or three things that I I really recommend. The first one is to understand what vaping really is. Mm-hmm. As parents, very few of us really understand it. They don't we don't understand the health, you know, the health implications of vaping. We don't understand what's in it. We don't understand that the, there is so much nicotine and it. it is very, very addictive. So really coming armed with knowledge is probably one of the most important things that we can do. The second thing is to just maintain an open dialogue. Uh, with our with our kids and the the, the people that we interact with because uh, the thing i've i've found about dealing with middle schoolers and high schoolers if you come and get on top of your soapbox and start preaching to right. them they're going to turn off very very quickly so if you come with an open dialogue uh, with armed with information that's probably the most uh, helpful thing that we can do Also, not buying it for your children. Yeah, because we talk about you know how do these kids get this? So as we talk about a jewel device, you know the jewel device t- costs about thirty dollars. Although the, there are specials on that, you can get it for seventeen ninety nine. But each each pod costs four dollars. Um, so oh, I was going to ask you, do you know how much cigarettes cost in Idaho?
1: Average uh, price. Uh, I don't i'm gonna guess uh i'll Let's hear say 6.50 a
2: pack 6.50 a pack so it's actually a little bit less five dollars and 41 cents a pack okay. uh, we're on the lower end for expensive
1: th- stores right,
2: right right that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> the bargain cigarettes are a little bit less expensive um so uh you know one pack of cigarettes costs six and a, or five and a half dollars one pod costs about four dollars oh, nice. um one bottle of juice ranges somewhere between 15 and 30 dollars so it's not really all that expensive right. um, to get this and the question is where are these and we're talking about kids mostly right. where are these kids getting the money to buy all of this um and i don't know too many that are out working a part-time job to support their vape habit uh so i asked a young man where they're getting it and point blank he said they're stealing it hmm. so I think the other thing for parents to understand is that your child has, is be, being very creative on the ways that they're getting their vape devices and juices. And it may be the parents are enabling them to do so. Yeah.
1: And parents, I mean, so I, I think the other is um, be the example, uh, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, some parents have smoked. I mean, I think that's uh, to inform and say what, how they went through that process of, of quitting. Is great to to encourage uh, their kids uh, on what is right path and how difficult that is. But I think there are there are avenues that parents can take, uh, but I think your first statement of getting some knowledge and understanding what it is is probably the best thing they can do. Right, because coming down and telling somebody it's wrong is never going to work with a teenager. No, no. Right.
2: I now have a teenager. <laughs> He's really good at rolling his eyes when I get on <laughs> yeah, my soapbox. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, thanks so much for coming in, Dr. Tippett. Oh, we you're appreciate welcome. Appreciate all of um, this great information that you have shared with us. You're welcome. You're
1: and welcome. bringing in all the examples. Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: I, we've seen them.
2: I had to borrow them from someone at the hospital because <laughs> they're not mine for sure.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Thanks. You're welcome. You've been listening to the Healthcare Podcast with Dr. K and Lindsay. Join us again for our next episode as we work toward increasing understanding and transparency in healthcare.